0: So I'm like, what is the purpose of dating and hookups then for people? Is it a distraction? Is it instant gratification? Oppression and stigmatization does boil down in some way to making some folks' bodies not okay. Shout out to Christopher on the text line who learned
1: through quarantine that pegging is masculine. Come
0: on. Welcome, Tanya. Hey, Maya, I'm still <laughs> getting over the novelty of being in the studio again. I know, it feels good, hey. It's great. <laughs> it's good to be face-to-face, actually.
1: Yeah. <laughs> now, it's December. Yes. We, we know what's happening. All your favourite music publications have already started their best of 2020 lists. so we decided <sighs> we'd make a best of 2020 let's talk about sex list. I don't need to say again how... Awful at some points this year was, but yeah. we've managed to have. I, I would say, I would dare say, uh, since I've come on to mornings, it's been a pretty fun year and it's been a pretty great uh, year's worth of content for Let's Talk About Sex. It sure has. I mean, we've kept going, we didn't skip a beat there. No, no, <laughs> we didn't. And so today we're going to recap for you some of our favourite episodes. Uh, learnings we've come across. Special shout out to our producer, Jenna, for yeah. always quicking up the goods every single week
0: and sharing her knowledge and research with us. Yep, and amazing questions. Always with thought-provoking questions. I love Jenna's questions. So Thanks, Jenna. Here's to Jenna. Um,
1: so this week we're looking back at everything we've learnt in 2020, some things that have changed, and some of our favourite bits of the show in this last year Let's talk about lockdown for a minute, though. Um, What things struck you, Tanya, um, and what was interesting with how people dealt with lockdown?
0: Yeah, lockdown was such an interesting thing. I think what I noticed, because I was running my colleagues, my friends and my social circle, uh, myself in that, as well as uh, my clients, and I think initially what I really noticed was everybody went into some kind of shock there was this whole disbelief like, what do you mean you're going to shut down everything? What do you mean we have to stay home? Because that was unheard of. Totally. And then, then there was this kind of panic because people were told who you could lock down with. Like it had to be family or a romantic partner, which sent a lot of single folks and poly, kinky, queer folks into a bit of a spin going, wait a minute, who? why is the government telling us who we can lock down with? Why can't we do what New Zealand did and make a little bubble of folks that we're happy to spend a bit of intensive time with. Mm. So watching that panic. But then what was really interesting is how quickly everybody found peace with the new way of being and how amazing it was that people who'd been told by their bosses they could never work at home were totally able to work at home. How people juggled things. It wasn't easy, but people kind of fell into this sort of new regime yeah, I'm doing things, and what I noticed with my clients was a ton of people, especially people who'd seen me seven or eight years ago, dialed up for another just a checkup on their relationship to see how they were going or to deal with things because they knew there might be pressure on their relationship. So, getting a bit of a tune up, uh, there were a lot of appointments like that, and then there were a lot of people. Um, just, just, yeah, they, they, they wanted to fix problems or they wanted to just check in and make sure they were gonna be able to care about each other, which I thought was really, really beautiful, really beautiful. And then as, as things went on, I noticed quite a bunch of people fell in love over the pandemic. They locked down oh. with us, sweetie. It was so, yeah, I noticed this in all the circles. Um, it was really beautiful. Uh, sometimes it was either the beginning of something But quite a lot of people re-fell in love with their partners. I did so many sessions with people saying, I'm so glad that I'm locked down with this human being and this is amazing. And we never thought that we'd like each other's company and feel so close and wonderful as we are during this time. It's been an extraordinary surprise.
1: I think it was as obviously very distressing and and tough on a lot of people. Quarantine and and self-isolating was. There was, I think, uh, a bit of a blessing in disguise. A lot of people had the chance to totally like recalibrate, reconsider what was important to them, um, their like work-life balance, adjusting their lifestyles completely. I think you could
0: say the benefit
1: came yeah. through into like almost every facet of
0: life. I think you're right on the money there, Maya. I noticed it too, that um, people realised that they could live and work differently. It applied to me as well. I'd always been like, oh... You know, I'm not so sure about online counselling sessions. I like to read the energy in the room of people. But when we needed to, uh, it was fine. And then I thought, oh, we'll only work with people that I've already got a relationship with. But then I met a whole bunch of new folks during the pandemic and it was okay. And you, strangely, can still read folks' energy online mm. or on the phone. Uh, so it taught it taught me a lot about myself because I was one of the folks that was super anxious about locking down but I, you know I found myself an appropriate and most excellent isolation buddy which I'll mention a bit later uh, which helped mm. but I think sometimes you know you have to you have to draw on what you have inside to get through the difficult times and I think a lot of folk didn't realise what they were made of you know we're all made of quite stern stuff when we need to get going.
1: Yeah now yeah. we want to open up uh, the lines of communication here to the tech sign. Let us know on 0409 945 945 if you had any big takeaway from your self-isolation period, anything that you maybe picked up from listening to Let's Talk About Sex or any learning you did unwarranted from that. We want to hear about it on 0409 945 945. Now, we've also done a few episodes, uh, Tanya, on dating from a distance and even did a little bit of matchmaking. <laughs> That's right. What did you make of everyone's response to not being able to date in person? So when we did this matchmaking episode previously, yeah. some people took it in their stride, but there were also a few people
0: who didn't really see the point in it. Yeah, there's, there's a couple of things there. Um, I think one of the things I was wondering why some people got so stressed out about it and very quickly you know so i'm like what is the purpose of dating and hookups then for people is it a distraction is it instant gratification because it was actually a reasonably small period of time that you couldn't go out and meet people in the, the grand scheme of things but there were some people who got very very agitated about mm. that so i wondered um, what was going on there because if it's about sex and sexuality there's always the exploration of your own body and there's always new ways to connect online with an existing or a new partner. But some folks couldn't really think outside the square there. Um, but one of the things I did like was uh, about the lockdown was seeing how many people and businesses and artists and creators were able to pivot. Uh, and yeah, so I was like, why can't some of the folks in the dating not be able to just you know tip things on a slant a little bit and mm. work out what's happening what's happening out there? Uh, yeah so I think there were very innovative ways of dating came up so you know and also the organizations out there like museums created spaces where you could go and walk around a museum together virtually um, there were virtual picnics in places there were all sorts of amazing online experiences that you could do with somebody that wasn't standing next to you So I think there were lots of fun things. And of course, it's different to going on a date and being directly opposite somebody and holding their hand. But different doesn't always have to mean worse. You know, different is different.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You get to,
0: I guess, channel like a different kind of intimacy. Yes. And I think intimacy is still possible online. I think before even all of this lockdown happened, you ask many people and they've got online buddies that none of their friends know about. You know, they chat to people from dating sites or from playing Scrabble online or from wherever they've met them. But folks have these sort of quite intimate online connections with people. So I was really curious, what is the difference between that and some dating that you might be able to organize online when there's a global pandemic on or some restrictions to our movements? You know, because how do people date when there was wartime and you couldn't go out and there were curfews? Mm. Uh, There's all sorts of things that have happened in the past and people have still very innovatively managed to meet each other and fall in love and do extraordinary things. Yeah, I think there was a bit of that going on.
1: Oh, totally. And we are going to reflect on some of those innovative ways right after this track by Aloe Vera called Ordinary. You're listening to Let's Talk About Sex here on Mornings. 0409 945 945. Shoot us through anything you learn, any self-reflection you did Or if you listen to Let's Talk About Sex over the year, uh, your favourite episode or anything you learnt, we want to hear from you on 0409 945 945. Shout out to Christopher on the text line who learned through quarantine that pegging is masculine. We're here with you on that, on Let's Talk About Sex. I'm joined by Tanya Coons. We are recapping 2020 in Let's Talk About Sex land, <laughs> things we've learnt, um, our favourite episodes. And we were talking a little bit earlier, just before that track by Aloe Vera, about some of the innovative and new ways people were either dating or trying to engage in new forms of intimacy where they were maybe physically apart from each other. And some of the ways, or one of the ways, rather, includes uh, teledildonics, which last year, I believe, when Bridie was still on Mornings, there was an episode about sex tech. And I can imagine in the year, like, you know, with every new Apple iPhone, a lot has changed in a year's time and maybe even... um, the word isn't superseded but just exponentially grown in the last
0: year oh my goodness such a big up- uptick in teledildonics yeah we had the lovely georgia grace come in as a guest and talk about sex tech and she's involved in all sorts of interesting sex tech projects um, yeah but teledildonics really took a, a big uh, uptick and so there's been a lot more money thrown at it And there's been a lot more development too. Like today it's possible using, you can use high-tech sex toys that you can wear and you can use them to stimulate yourself or your partner using Bluetooth or the internet. You can even connect into porn movies and you can feel the same sensations that the actors are, like it syncs up to what's going on in the porn. So when things are getting very exciting there, the sensations happening on your body will also be rising. That's kind of cool. It's kind of cool. All right. So And there's a whole bunch of new products out there. So I, I'd encourage people to go have a look because even when you're face-to-face, You can use a little app and do, you know, what I call despicable things to your partner. You can wear products out to the movies or out to dinner if you want to get a little racy, or you can wear them around the house and give them little thrills when they're not expecting it. All sorts of things. Or when they are expecting it, you can put the things up and down. I actually went to um, a neo-burlesque show just before all this stuff um, closed down, and one of the performers uh, inserted a sex toy and then gave people in the audience the app (laughs) <laughs> to control it and that all played out on the stage I was like wow that's a very brave performer but it was pretty fun watching it
1: mm. that's yeah. kind of like um, it's making me think about how maybe like a month ago Lily Allen released a vibrator her own branded oh, vibrator she? as well Um, so look you know things are changing people are making so much so many new knickknack gadgets
0: yeah I think that there's um there's, there's no no end to the development in sex toys I've just started doing a little bit of writing for um, a portal called pleasure base so they're pulling together all all the toys that are available and writing up reviews on them and, and I'm doing a bit of writing about you know how these things can be sexy and how to use them and just general sexy stuff mm. but I, I it's been a while since I've done a little audit of sex toys so I was perusing around going, wow, there's some real fun things here. I think I need to, you know, contact some folks and say, how about a little test product? Let's save <laughs> that for 2021. <laughs> yeah, 2021 <laughs> goals, yes.
1: <laughs> um, quick shout out again to Jenna, who this year, amongst everything that was happening found herself really yearning to be out in the bush and amongst nature. And I think a yeah. lot of people felt the same way. Yeah. Um, she said that it felt a lot like the city started to feel very suffocating and yeah. like the walls were kind of caving in a bit. Um, what can you say or share with us, Tanya, about the healing power of nature?
0: That... Um, I really thank Jenna for that question. It's a beautiful question. And it's really reflecting what I've seen in my socials uh, feeds from my friends in Melbourne. As soon as the lockdown was out, they didn't go and see each other. They went out into nature. Mm. It's been so interesting. And I think that nature is healing because it slows us down. It gets us into our bodies and it gets us in touch with our bodies. And a lot of folk don't realize, but our emotions reside in our body. So if we're too busy sort of focusing on everything from the neck up, we're not getting a chance to sit with and process things, our emotions and our feelings. So being in nature is a huge healer. And folks with trauma often know this or seek it out, but they don't know why. Uh, But it's good for anybody because if you're struggling with things, it's grounding. It's a reset. It's a chance to slow down and just commune with the earth. And I found during the pandemic, especially on um, lockdown days when I was a little bit edgy, Mm. I made sure to take walks in parks where I could simply stand underneath a tree and watch how it moved, how how it almost breathed with the earth, what was happening on still days, what was happening on windy days. And it had such an incredibly calming effect that by the time I got home, I felt, you know, way lighter much more creative and much more able to deal with the situation that we're all surfing so small things i think getting your hands dirty even a balcony plant can be something to focus on when you're finding it difficult to get out there in in the broader spaces
1: i definitely really uh went ham on houseplants
0: yeah yeah how'd it go
1: Uh, Well, one of them is not doing the best, but I'm going to fix that soon,
0: hopefully. (laughs) Yeah. I think the the attention to nurturing and growing things and weeding and watching how life is forming can be really amazing. And I think right now a lot of folks are discovering what it's like to get out and have a swim in the ocean, feel the salt and the sand, all that sort of stuff. It's a really... It just washes off all of that sort of chop-chop, busy-busy-work-work-bang-bang energy of the city. Totally. Yeah. And
1: I think that is a perfect note to duck into a little bit of God-Tet. Your album of the week here on FBI, this one's called Moon, the third uh, record, capping off the God-Tet trilogy right here on FBI. God Tet. Following Sweet and God Tet 2, that's from 3, the third uh God Tet release of the trilogy coming out of Last Up, uh, the God Regas record label. We're on Let's Talk About Sex. I'm here with Tanya Koons and we've been talking about some of the things we've learned over the year and are recapping 2020 in the lens of Let's Talk About Sex and Tanya and I both agreed on our same... We share the same, I think, favourite episode of the show this year, which was, I think, a really important one, necessary one, that I found myself often thinking, you know, this is stuff I've definitely considered, but definitely a necessary conversation that needed to be had. Um, I'm, of course, talking about the politics of sex episode we did when we were talking about the idea of bodies through the lens of racism, sexism, capitalism, and all of these, I guess, like institutionalized forms of discrimination and how they can impact different people and bodies in the bedroom. Yeah. Go and do yourself a favor and listen back to that episode of the Let's Talk About Sex podcast. What was so special to you about that one, Tanya? Um,
0: I think it was, it was actually being able to show that um, – oppression and stigmatization does boil down in some way to making some folks bodies not okay um yeah and all of those lenses through you know racism sexism capitalism the patriarchy somehow in some way they make many people's bodies not okay be it size be it shape be it your sexual expression your orientation the color of your skin the way that you look uh, so they make it that somehow your body becomes a project that needs to be worked on or changed in some way in order to fit in or to win, which is an extremely unfair proposition for, for everyone who's feeling affected that way, because all bodies are natural and normal. Right? So being able to explain what oppression looks like and feels like and how we can all work towards ending structural oppression, that was such an amazing privilege. And I'm super, super grateful to FBI for that opportunity because it's very rare we get to the opportunity as sex educators and activists and teachers to be able to dig that deep in that kind of way and explain this stuff that we know in our own bodies and every fiber of our being uh, to folks. And I found I gave a talk on this subject at my industry conference last year, the end of last year. And I was really surprised because it stood a lot of folks right on their ear and it motivated many colleagues to get more across this stuff and to bring it in day-to-day work. And I'm seeing a sort of rise and upswell in this sort of stuff. So this, this really, really helped. And... Uh, and- an adjunct to that was also being able to talk about consent in many different ways and weaving it in and out of the various episodes that we did because it's it's kind of omnipresent, really.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: And it was really interesting. Like, who knew that teaching the nuances of consent was also teaching people how to experience more pleasure? It's not a policing thing. It's actually, you know, if you get across this, you're going to have such a good time in the bedroom, and who doesn't want that?
1: For sure. I- if if you need the too long didn't read on let's talk about sex it is <laughs> from what i've learnt slow down always talk yeah and sex is something that happens between two consenting adults
0: yeah not two consenting, consenting adults, adults.
1: <laughs> more For, than two maybe yeah maybe <laughs> um yeah what really struck me also the most about um just even being able to do this segment with you and host this segment is um, how much I also learned about the anatomy and the body. Ah. I went to an all girls high school and comparatively to a lot of my uh, male identifying friends, I always thought that we were given a lot more education in this department. You know, in comparison, I was taught how to put like a condom on a banana versus wow. And all boys high school, which had no such training. Yeah,
0: told not to do it. Um, yeah.
1: <laughs> which is totally shocking, I think. But also, what really stands out to me thinking back now is about when we were talking about like the female identifying or, or the vulva pleasure system and yep. how there's more than just a G spot, there's an no. A, an O, and an E spot. U, spot. U spot. U spot. Yeah, yeah. I keep thinking vowels, I'm really sorry. <laughs> but uh, g- genuinely, wild and it does make sense
0: yeah it does and the fact that i would say upwards of 85% maybe even 90% of humans do not know how arousal systems work for those in possession of mm. right they just don't it takes it's it's very very different to a penis arousal system and i think when we understand the differences that's when we can unlock how much fun we can have together But if we're assuming that everybody arouses the same way, then a whole bunch of folk are not going to have as good a time. I think we all miss out, actually, on a really good time by you know, not not slowing down, not relaxing, not understanding how the body works. And, yeah, we've got to stop being in such a rush. Mm. So learning your anatomy can be like, wow, it's like let's go on a little adventure of finding out what all of these things do and what they feel like. I think it's a very good investment of time to either self-explore or do it with a partner uh, what all the bits and pieces you have what do they do how do they feel what do they feel like when they're not aroused if you touch them what do they feel like when they're a little bit aroused what do they feel like when they're super aroused because they'll all be different i'm forever telling people with penises that you do not have to have a rock hard penis to have good sex and that your penis is at its most sensitive when it's 60 percent erect and then there's these big white eyes staring back at me. I'm like, I know, right? <laughs> so much pressure to perform. See, once again, here's bodies. You have to be this certain way. Otherwise, you're not sexy or you're not into me or you're not doing this. But actually, if we relax and just focus on what is and use pleasure as our compass, we're going to have a lot more adventures and a lot more fun in life, I think, with less worry, less stigma and less anxiety.
1: Absolutely. I think you're totally right like if there's anything again that you should really take away that I think we can agree that we're both trying to share with you in and listening and having this segment be on a community radio station it's that just start the conversation
0: yeah just talk about it right and it might be a little bit uncomfortable but it's only uncomfortable for about 30 seconds 45 seconds and then lo and behold you are having the conversation that you're very afraid of and it's never as bad as what you fear
1: no and if it is with someone who you care about and it turns Mm. out to go differently than you had imagined or they take it really badly they might not be the right person
0: for you yep or we need to double back and say okay so you found that conversation really difficult what would it be like if we did that again and we had a little bit of time and planning for it Or maybe we need to get somebody to help us, like a professional. Hmm. Yeah, But if it's somebody that's not prepared to listen to you about your body, what you need, what you might like, yeah, it might be time to rethink that.
1: Tanya, it is always a pleasure having you here every fortnight for Let's Talk About Sex. I think that's going to be it for today. We're going to run out of...
0: Yeah, we always run out of time. We always run out of time. (laughs) Never run out of things to say. Thank you so much for having me too, Maya. It's always a pleasure to come in.
1: All good. You can listen back to Let's Talk About Sex at fbiradio.com slash programs. Just click on mornings with me, Maya Billick. Or you can grab it wherever you get your podcast from. Just look up FBI Radio and Let's Talk About Sex will be right there and for now we're going to go into a little bit of Fantastic Man. This is Mazes featuring Memphis LK.